It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's great to have a dishwasher, but sometimes you just want to put on rubber gloves and stick your hands and, and then notice that there's corn in the sink that you want to wash down the drain. And no matter how much water you pour in the different places to try and get the stream to move the corn into the hole, it just will not go no matter what. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Listen. Yep. It's back. Yes, your voice is back. Yeah, I mean, it was touch and go there for a while because mm. my, my voice is my instrument. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I spent much of the last week wishing that I'd insured it for £10 million. That's <laughs> a million, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then wishing it would never come back if I had insured it for £10 million. Of course, but, yeah. uh, but here it is. It's back. All is fine. And um, I was going to start by telling you about the worst thing that has happened to me in the last week. Okay. Which is I, I went to... Um, something with my wife the other night mm-hmm. and she spots someone she knows. Yeah. Now she knows that I always feel uncomfortable meeting new people and things, but she says, Oh, you, you're going to like this guy. Okay. Um, so she inter- she said she calls him over and then she, uh, intro- introduces me to him. Mm. She says, Jeff, you, you're going to really like him mm. because of his job. And then says, tell him what you do for a living. And he says, Oh, I'm a dog walker. Oh. I say, oh, that is the loveliest job. And then I just sort of blurt out, do you know what? I, I always think that that is the job I would do after a serious breakdown. Have, oh, you, have you ever had a breakdown? Why did you say that? Why did you, why did you say I that? I don't know. Why did you say that? I don't know. Oh. And then like, I immediately tried to dig myself out of the hole by asking lots of questions about, you know, the logistics of dog walking. Um, <laughs> like, so how many keys? Do you have a lot of keys? Do you have a very big bunch of keys to people's houses? You know, these types of things. Um oh. But the conversation didn't really go great after that. No. And then, of course, as we were walking away, my wife hissed at me. Yes, he did have a breakdown. Oh, no. Yes. He did. Oh, dear. Yeah. Sorry, so you're kind of right. <laughs> right. Well, that's just my, my, that's what I've projected onto that job for oh. years. That I think eventually when it all gets a bit much for me, Mm-mm. I think walking dogs is going to be the thing to do. You'll never so cope that- with all those keys, though. I, don't know what you're, <laughs> I honestly don't know what you're thinking of. <laughs> Rethink that plan. This is your favorite program, Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. If you haven't already, send us your own excruciating story of social failure, trying to blend in with other humans and it not quite happening for you. Uh, the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. 
Chris Price writes, there are many, many, many things that irritate me about travelling on the underground every day. The noise, the overcrowding, people standing on the wrong side of the escalators. But there is one thing that confuses me more than all of these points. Why do some people wear sunglasses on the underground? For a start, it's underground. There is no sun. There is no sunlight. There isn't even any daylight. I just don't understand it. You cannot be much further away from sunlight than when you are underground. What are these people protecting themselves from? The brightness of their own ego? I say all this to try and excuse myself for something shameful I once did on the underground to someone wearing sunglasses. This is filed under the header, Does This Make Me a Bad Person? I was on the tube chatting to some new colleagues. For some reason, they were finding me funny. Them finding me funny had really activated the show off in me. (laughs) I was making comments on all kinds of silly things and they were cracking up. I looked down the carriage through the crowd to find something else to joke about. I looked past all the weary looking businessmen and women and locked eyes with someone at the other end of the carriage. I say locked eyes, but they didn't really. My eyes met his sunglasses, dark glasses, staring in my direction. Not only was there no sun underground, there was no sun above ground either. It was January and it had been raining non-stop for two weeks. No need for sunglasses. I instantly took a dislike to this man. He stood there in the doorway, minding his own business, in sunglasses. (laughs) And he was standing there like no one else in the train even existed. Then as I looked... He smiled right at me. At least I think he was at me, but I couldn't see his eyes, so I couldn't be sure. But he was smiling my way and no one else was looking at him, so it must be me. I looked towards my colleagues. This was going to be my killer line. This would really leave them with a great impression of me. (laughs) Look at that bozo down there. Is it just me or should people like that not be allowed on the train? Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, I had a suspicion (laughs) where this was going and and that suspicion just became a lot stronger. (laughs) The killer line didn't have the impact I was expecting, though. They both looked surprised and shocked and were definitely not laughing. Why did they not find it funny? In case they didn't know who I was talking about, I clarified it further. The idiot in the glasses. He's not going to see any sun, is he? I got an even worse reaction to this comment. They looked disgusted and one of them even tutted at me. I didn't understand. Did they know him? What had I missed? I fell silent. They fell silent. And then as we pulled up to the station, someone blocking my full view of the man in sunglasses got off the train and I finally saw what they saw. I knew why they had been so disgusted with me and why he had the dark glasses on. He had a white stick. He was blind. I remembered what I just said to them, that people like that shouldn't be allowed on the train and he's not going to see any sun, is he? At that moment, I wanted the ground to open me up and swallow me, but I was already underground, so it wouldn't have helped. (laughs) If the train hadn't have already pulled out of the station, I would have got off, (laughs) but I couldn't. I stood there silent and in shame. My new colleagues had turned their backs to me and were talking quietly together. The rest of that journey was the longest tube journey of my life. Oh, Mm. that is uh, quite painful. Yes. I mean... I, I, I could, you know, I, I think I'm generalising here, mm-hmm. but I think you can usually tell. I think so. There's a type that wears <laughs> yeah. sunglasses on the on the tube, or you know, just kind of indoors generally. Mm. And then there's blind people, yeah. and you can, you know, you, you can usually see straight away. He was giddy though, wasn't he? He was, he was giddy because all <laughs> his new colleagues off, were laughing yeah. at him, and he yeah. got carried, got carried away, oh, or getting God. carried away. That's a great topic. It really is. Actually, <laughs> Anything about yeah. getting carried yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay, let's go to Vince from Chertsey. 
Last April, I was going on a cycling holiday to Tuscany. I drove to Heathrow Airport at the crack of dawn and parked in the long-term car park, unloaded my luggage and waited for the bus to take me to the terminal. As I was bringing my own bicycle with me, I hired a special box on wheels, which I could put it in, having taken it apart first. When I got to the bus, there was already a woman on it with a very similar box, so obviously travelling somewhere with her bicycle too. After about 10 minutes, we reached the terminal, so everyone disembarked with their luggage and headed for the lifts me and the other woman got in a lift with our bike boxes and just before the door closed a couple got in as well. As we approached the departures level one of the couple said where are you two off to then? Obviously assuming we were together because we each had a bike box. Oh god said the woman I'm not with him. (laughs) The remaining three seconds before the lift stopped and the doors opened were the longest three seconds of my life as I stood there stunned in the middle of a cloud of awkwardness. I was then convinced that she would end up sitting next to me on the plane, but thankfully I never saw her again. <laughs> I think uh, Vince is the true drifter because really it's the woman who should have been embarrassed. Yeah, 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 but it was him. Yeah. He, he was the one yeah. that was mortified. Okay. And this is from James Collins. About 10 years ago, I offered to lend my lovely, if slightly scary friend, Laura, a tent. I was 90% certain mine was somewhere in my flat, but I told her I definitely had it. The day before I was due to give it to her, I realised I, in fact, did not have a tent. I'd probably left it in my parents' house or thrown it away. At this late stage, I considered telling her the truth, but quickly realised my social skills were not up to that. Instead, after considerable anxiety, I went to a branch of Argos near her office... bought a brand new tent, walked to a nearby park, took it out of its packaging, rubbed it around in some mud, put it back in its packaging and then took it to her office. She subsequently returned it to me, described it as comfy, but I've never told her. A few weeks later, Laura split up with her boyfriend. I hope it was not due to the tent. I'm not usually the kind of guy you call after an emotional crisis. I'm more the sort of person you are to bleed a radiator or drive to Ikea. But for whatever reason, Laura accepted my vague offer of meeting up. Instead of having to deal with a whole evening discussing the heartbreak, I offered a selection of fun activities. She selected the hit West End musical Singing in the Rain. I checked earlier, tickets were definitely available for around £15 each. I'd just started my first proper job, but I reluctantly offered to pay for hers, even though my bank balance was pretty delicate. When booking, however, only one ticket was available at this price. Sitting together would cost over £60 each. I thought through the options. Another activity, deferring, severing all ties. But I knew I had only one choice. I purchased two full price tickets, told her I had a discount and I borrowed some money from my parents. I don't think she particularly enjoyed the performance and frequently checked her phone for messages from her ex. She was very appreciative afterwards, but I don't think she even remembers the event. But I'm still not sure what I would have done differently. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm recognising a lot of myself in that story. (laughs) However, somebody who's checking their phone at the theatre Mm. And you, that's that's not the kind of person you want to be associated with. No, that is bad behaviour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. I loved all those, in fact. Um, send us your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Um, happy birthday for all of you who aren't listening. And those of you who are, you're in on the joke. Great. Good work. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Thank you. Annabelle. Yes. Uh, what's your story about this week? Well, it's about how I went out very recently and how it wasn't to Sainsbury's. It was to somewhere else, which is a very rare occasion, especially was, especially as it was after dark, which I never do anymore. The only place I ever consider going out after dark now is to A&E, as I'm convinced the baby is really ill when really <laughs> he's completely fine. 
But I'm meeting up with a very good friend who I haven't seen for ages and I've left it to her to decide where to go because it's been so long since I went out at night. The only drinking place I could think of is the Queen Vic and that's not real. Like it's, <laughs> it's a fictional pub. My friend though is child free so she goes out all the time. Just to contrast our lives, she'd that week done three consecutive nights of going to bed at 3am and I'd done three consecutive nights of getting up at 4am with my one-year-old. <laughs> yeah, we're living quite different lives at the moment. Another thing you should know about this friend is that she is a blagger. Like ordinary rules do not apply. She hears no and thinks of ways to turn it into a yes. And she's so good at it. She is not a drifter. Anyway, she suggests a bar that's quite a bit fancier than the Queen Vic. And it's somewhere where you have to sit down. And my friend arrives first to find that all the tables are taken. The only free ones are in an area where you have to eat and the food's really expensive. Anybody else at this point would admit defeat and find somewhere else. Not my friend. When I get there, she quickly whispers to me, look, I managed to get us a table, but only because I said you've recently had a baby. Now, this isn't a direct lie. Like, my baby is 13 months and I'm I'm not sure this is recent. Mm. But before we have time to question this, the guy in charge is taking us to a table in the eating area where we've got special permission to use the table just for drinks without ordering a meal. (laughs) And as he's taking us over, he asks, oh, how old is your baby? Now, I'm clearly going to have to lie because having a 13-month-old does not warrant special treatment. But how young do I go? Like, too old and he's wondering why he's given us a table and maybe taking the offer away. But worse is going too young as then I look like a bad mother for going out on the town (laughs) when I've got a tiny, helpless, hungry newborn at home. I've got to think quickly because it would look weird if I took too long to answer this question. Like, no matter how tired you are in those early years, you know exactly how old your baby is yeah. as you're counting the days until they're 12 weeks as somebody once lied and said it gets easier then. <laughs> so I find myself saying, oh, eight weeks. And I'm still worried to look like a terrible mother. But he's now saying, oh, when was your baby born? Which oh, is no. horrific. Oh, no. Because it's, <laughs> it's testing me. Like, how am I supposed to work out immediately what the date was eight weeks ago? Like, earlier on, I timed myself doing this. And bearing in mind, I first had to find out the date today and then go backwards in sevens eight times through a calendar in my head. It took me 42 seconds. <laughs> I think if it's taken you 42 seconds to remember your child's birthday when you gave birth eight weeks ago, <laughs> there's a big problem. So let's go back to his question. Oh, when was your baby born? He asks it. I look at him with barely concealed panic and I say, well, eight weeks ago, it must must have seemed like an overly defensive manner. And he says, oh, it's just that I've got an eight-week-old too who's born on the 14th of September. So to be fair to him, he wasn't testing me. He just thought maybe they shared a birthday. I thought it's like, you know, when when you lied to a bouncer about your age. (laughs) So when's your birthday? Yeah, but it was like that. But what were the chances I'd go for the exact same age as his baby? It was awful. And I'm now terrified he's going to ask to see a picture. As well, I do have photos of Rudy at eight weeks on my phone. We'd have to scroll past 11 months of photos of him to get to it. So I managed to turn the attention away from me by asking his baby's name. And I like to think that clever diversion made him forget entirely that I'd clearly lied. But I didn't forget. And for my first night in ages, I could only have two drinks because I didn't want him to think that I was out getting drunk and a bad mother to my apparently made up child. I think I'm just going to have to stick to Sainsbury's from now onwards. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's, it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You've just missed my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron. I know, I'm so sad. She hasn't been on the podcast for ages, no, has she? No, but I, I should have got her on, but I, um, I didn't think to. And now she's gone back to Chicago. The mm-hmm. other day, she was going for, for a walk. 
as as is her want. And um, she asked me uh, about which pubs are nice in a certain area of central London. Mm-hmm. So Lynn Barron in a, in a pub is quite a thing to behold. Right. Because she acts like she is a wine connoisseur <laughs> in a very fancy restaurant, <laughs> but with just whatever beers they have on tap. And oh, she's like asking oh, to beers. have a taste of them. Oh, God. And, you know, just asking all these questions oh. about the beer and stuff. Oh, so like, oh, it, let me try the little Foster's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, oh, just try the Foster's. Right, right, right. Now, can I try the Castle name for <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so... so but that didn't bother me so much because I wouldn't be with her. She was going for this walk around this area on okay. her own. So she said, can you recommend anywhere? So I started thinking what was in this particular area. At that moment, I realised it was quite close to the BBC. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing some work for the BBC in different forms recently. And I just had this horrible picture of my mother-in-law in a pub, striking up a conversation with a stranger, mm. that stranger happening to work at the BBC, <laughs> and then her s- s- saying something which would in some way make me look ridiculous and undo any oh, p- career aspirations that I might have. <laughs> that is quite the paranoia, if you don't mind saying. Wow. So I said, no, I don't really know any pubs in that area. <laughs> I'm sure gone, there aren't any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there just aren't any. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, Some of these little yeah. quirks are The temperance movement is very big in that part <laughs> yeah, of London. Yeah. Um, She's come back at Christmas. Great. Then I'll get to see her surely. And speaking of Christmas. Yeah. You know, it's coming. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it can be a, a, a tough time, can't it, for, for families. Yeah, yeah. For Annabelle's family especially. Mm, right. Oh, you I know. see where you're going with this. Okay, keep, keep going. You know, I mean, at the moment, looking at your bank balance, will mm. little Rudy be having anything apart from maybe a Satsuma? Well, I didn't buy any birthday presents. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I might try and get one Christmas present. Well, you know, if, if the Patreon mm. subscriptions, you know, uh, if you, if uh, our supporters mm. keep supporting us on Patreon, I could buy him a lump of coal. You can, you can have a lump of coal <laughs> yeah. to go with his Satsuma yeah, at yeah. Christmas. That'd be nice. And little Rusty Scruff, the the teddy bear king. Oh, I've long since stopped giving him presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Rusty. Oh no, I'll get him a. I don't know. I won't get him anything. Why am I lying? I'm not going to get him anything. Do you know what? I don't think I'm very good at sort of tugging on the emotional heartstrings there. <laughs> what, with me? No, I mean with the listeners. I don't think oh, really anybody's no. listening to this thinking. Oh, I should definitely support them on Patreon. No, they're thinking I mean, she lives in a cul-de-sac. She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we do appreciate the support. It helps us keep the podcast going. It helps keep food in Rusty Scruff, the teddy bear king's bowl. Yeah. Um, has he eaten anything he shouldn't have recently? <laughs> no, I don't think so, no. I mean, apart from just general disgusting things like burpoo, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, but if you don't already and uh, you you fancy supporting us or maybe buy a Patreon subscription to somebody for Christmas that's an idea if you know somebody else who's a drifter say look I've got you a lovely (laughs) present I am donating a couple of pounds a month to Adrift yeah. to and then, help keep And they'll get their title and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a bit like when somebody buys you a sort of goat in Africa mm. for Christmas and you think, it's a really nice gesture, but I'd quite like something I can touch. Yeah, it is a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Only less of a good cause. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, you can support us. Patreon.com stroke Adrift. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's a show, and it's also a demeanor. Time for the incident, and this week's incident uh, is actually a sequel or a continuation of a previous one. Oh, okay. 
Now, I think it was while you were off on maternity leave, I was talking about the barbers I go to around the corner mm. and about how this young woman who cut my hair for, for years and I really liked her, um, a little bit too talkative, but, but generally very good, had left to go travelling mm-hmm. and how I felt all at sea, uh, having to find a new hairdresser yeah, yeah, I remember this. and so on. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was I just kept going back to that barber and then there ended up being one guy I, I saw and, I, you know, he's been cutting my hair for the past I don't know, 10 months or whatever it's been. Mm. So I was in there having my hair cut the other day and um, he mentions, he says, oh, do you know who's coming back to work here? The girl who used to cut your hair. Oh. So my question is, oh. how do I do the switcheroo? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. That's I, so tough. Yeah. How do I say to him, Look, I've appreciated your hard work in these past oh. 10 months, but she and I have a special hair connection. Mm-mm-mm. She really understands my my barnet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I'm asking in this week's The Incident. You definitely take it personally, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, in the words of Jordan Peterson... Uh, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Right. I, I would just say, you've been great and everything, but I, I'm going to go back to uh, my old hairstylist. Uh, thanks. Now, hair, hair doesn't apply to lobsters, which is a particular <laughs> field of expertise for Jordan. <laughs> so, you know, it's not a problem they have. No, but I think you'll be relieved by being honest about it, rather than, what else are you going to do? Or what you could do is find out when he's not in, like every hairdresser has a day off during the week, because they work right, Saturdays right, to get right. a day off. So you find out his day off, and that's when you need to go for a so haircut. I need to figure out the schedule. I need to spy on the salon and, and you know, do some surveillance yeah. and well, work ring out. Ring up. Yeah. What's your new hairstylist called? Uh, uh, it's called John. Right, so you ring up and you say, when's John's day off? Great. Oh, this it's is Wednesday. ingenious. Great. This is ingenious. Then you ring back in a different accent and you go, hey, can I uh, book my hair <laughs> cut with, what's the, what's the old guy called? Uh, she's called Lorena. Lorena. Yeah. Can I book my hair with Lorena on Wednesday, please, at two o'clock? Right, yeah, Boom. okay. This is, this is ingenious. Yeah. Part of me has been wondering, though, like, I do sort of think that that particular barber's has one haircut and everybody who goes in and out of there comes out with the same haircut. Yeah, I mean, it's like a McDonald's theory. Like, every McDonald's you go to, they serve the same stuff. But it's the same with Sally. You go to Tony and Guy, you get the same haircut wherever you are of the country. Um, and, and it's the same with barbershops. They, they, they develop a technique, or it, the fade, the fade with a quiff, which is kind of what you've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's all they do. They just churn it out. I saw a fellow yesterday on the train who um, he had the Rod Stewart cut. Wow. And I was thinking, because you do occasionally see them, uh-huh. do you think everyone who has that haircut is doing it as an homage to Rod Stewart, or do you think it's just a coincidence? <laughs> no, I think it's definitely a, a, a homage to Rod and Ronnie. Yeah. Um, I, what I find about men in particular is they get trapped in an era or a decade. Right. My brother did it. He's trapped in the 80s, my brother. I am trapped in the kind of uh, Britpop era. But you broke free because you used to have that Paul yeah. Weller haircut. I, I, you sort of broke free of it. I did break free of it, but I still listen to the music, sadly. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, men get stuck in an era, and there are people who are stuck in 1973. <laughs> and they've gone old, but their hair has remained in the era. That happens all the time. <laughs> 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sometimes when you're not paying attention, you didn't even realize you're in a sewer. That's not the case here. Right now you're on a lake and it's, it's really nice. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. It's a play on words about water. A couple of quick things that have happened to me in recent days. Uh, the first one is I was on a train back from Manchester the other day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in a, a seat, like I think they call it airline style seating. So it's just two seats together, but I was on my own. Mm-hmm. And then directly in front of me were some seats at a table. And there was a fella on his own. I would say he was about our parents' age. So in other words, probably in his his 70s somewhere. Mm -hmm. He had with him an iPad Mm -hmm. and he was watching horse racing on the iPad without headphones. So I could hear horse racing commentary. Yeah. Now, had that been a teenager or even uh, somebody in the 20s would have thought, oh God, they don't know any better. Somebody in the 70s definitely knows better than to watch horse racing without headphones on a train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, I was too afraid because you're in an enclosed space, basically you're on a train and yes, theoretically I could go to get, if it went badly, I could go to another carriage and sit somewhere else, but it was a busy train and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I ended up not saying anything and just quietly sitting there seething. Mm-mm. And then I hit on a brilliant idea. Mm. I've got these noise-cancelling headphones. Oh, yeah, yeah. You will have heard about. They've they've sponsored the podcast. And I thought I'm going to put those on, uh, which I did. And it was great. It just cancelled out all the noise. I couldn't hear the horse racing coming. I want to be clear here. I wasn't listening to anything. Okay. I was just sort of using them to blot out the outside world. Some minutes later, Mm. I involuntarily... Oh, yeah. Let out yeah, a, uh, yeah, yeah. A, um, some air from my anus. Oh, did you have to say anus? <laughs> An air, come on. <laughs> because I'm wearing the headphones, oh. I've got no idea whether it was silent. Oh, you can tell. Or whether it trumpeted on them. You, you I, can, I don't know. You, you I don't can't know. tell. No, I mean, sometimes you can, but yeah. sometimes you can't. True, okay, yeah. So I now no longer know who had the moral high ground. <laughs> <laughs> Me sitting there judging him for watching horse racing without headphones on, or him sitting there judging me for uh, passing flatus with headphones on. I honestly don't know who's worse. No, it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, which is I don't really know where I'll go with this, if, if anywhere, but I just thought it was an odd thing that happened to. So Gene had an operation the other day mm. uh, to have his tonsils and adenoids removed and have grommets put into his ears. So we're at the hospital, and he's had the operation done, and uh, he's coming round, you know, slowly from feeling drowsy and sore. And then the doctor, when doing his rounds, comes back in to um, to, to say hello and check on him. And as he's in, he sort of looks out the window. He says, "Oh, has the weather cleared up?" I said, "Oh, I don't know. It's pissing it down before." And then he he looks at me and says, "You mean it was raining before?" I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was raining. Because I, I mean, I don't even consider it's about me using the p word. I said, yeah, it was raining before, and he says, uh, "No, I meant the the, the language you used. You know, <gasps> like if I was a doctor and I used that kind of language to a patient, 
that you know that wouldn't be acceptable. It's it's odd that you think it's acceptable the other way around. Yeah, I don't believe this has yeah. happened. Yeah, this I'm actually so happened. It was horrified. so uncomfortable. You got told off by yeah, a doctor. Yeah, and the doctor. I just want to be clear here. He wasn't of another generation. If anything, he was younger than me, and sort of looked like he could be a contestant on Love Island or something. But his oh, God, was it Doctor Alex? It wasn't Doctor <laughs> Alex, but, that, like, but his point doesn't stand because you're not a doctor. No. So what was his point? There's I don't like, know, but it really kind of got his back up. It's not even a bad word. No, I know. Were there lots of children around you? No. Oh, my God. It was just us. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm mortified for you. <laughs> but anyway, can you not use that language on the podcast in the future? <laughs> when you were younger, this show was just getting going. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port with you now in your old age. All right, on to Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic in Problematic Knowledge College. Rules for school. For, uh, I always get that one wrong. School for fools. Rules. Rules school. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so how's it? Uh, how's it? How's it looking this week? What is the first quandary that is presented before us? So first one is from distinguished something or other Martha. I'm glad to see she's taken her patron title very seriously. <laughs> I have a neighbour issue that I need your help with. I work from home as a baker, and as such, I'm in for most of the day. My next door neighbours both work outside the home and are thus not in much. The problem is they order stuff that gets delivered to their house all the time. And guess who the delivery drivers have twigged is usually in to take it in? Yes, the awkward lady from next door who doesn't like looking at them in the eye. Having to stop what I'm doing, wipe my usually sticky hands to answer the door and make small talk with delivery drivers who at this point now feel like they know me is bad enough. Mm. But it then means the inevitable interaction with the people next door when the time comes for the parcel handover. Our next door neighbours are big talkers with a lot of health problems that they just love to update me on whenever I see them. Handing over a parcel is never just a short transaction and I have to really psych myself up before I can take it round. On a few occasions, I've taken too long. They've come round to get it themselves, which means it's not in my terms and I don't like social surprises. What should I do in this situation? If I ignore the door, I risk missing a parcel that was meant for my house. I can't tell them to shove it as he's told us that it used to be in the SAS, which means he's either (laughs) killed people or he's a weirdo fantasist. And either way, I'm not about to make him cross. What do I do? I mean, isn't it just a question of stopping answering the door? Well, no, she says that and then she thinks, well, then I won't get, there'll be times when I'll miss my own parcel. But then is, isn't the occasional parcel of your own and having to go around to next door to collect it, isn't that better than this constant stream of parcels though? Well, see, I, I go through this because I'm at home a lot mm. and I have become basically my street's local post office. Like mm. All parcels are handed in to me. But what I do now, and in particular my upstairs neighbour who gets who's recently got loads, what I do is about, so I know he gets home from work about like six or seven, about five o'clock, I just go and leave it on his front doorstep. Okay. And admittedly, actually, when I say front doorstep, I mean back doorstep. So it's not visible right, on right, the street. Right. So actually, yeah, it's back doorstep. But is that an option? Could you do that? That's what I do to I mean, avoid we just interactions. don't know the layout of her, yeah, her yeah. neighbours' houses. And or you could ask to your neighbours, oh, you're getting a lot of parcels. Is there a safe space you want me to leave it in, like the recycling bin or something? Very good. I think there are ways of... I think it's hard to avoid the opening the door. But I, don't, I think the worst bit is having to interact with the neighbours. And so I would leave it somewhere, which is what I do. I mean, I often don't answer the door during the day. Really? I You're not think, intrigued? I just think no good will come of it. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it's a Hollywood mogul who's come to like offer you a big contract personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that is on. a problem. That yeah, is a I mean, think about, oh God, think yeah. of what you've lost out on. <laughs> All those lead, lead roles. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Do you think we've solved that? Not really. Not really. No. Okay. Do you, do, you think, do you think we need to get into our teeth into it a little bit more? Is that what you're saying? No. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I think I think unless you're willing to sometimes, like you say, avoid like miss your own parcels, that bit is unavoidable. And I would do what I do and leave the parcel on the doorstep, back doorstep. Because even if you, I'm just thinking about. It. I mean, I don't know how many parcels you have delivered but if you just want to minimize the social interactions mm. that's the best way of doing it is not answering yeah, true, the door true. Um, because you know you're not having all these conversations with delivery drivers and surely you know when a parcel's coming more or less so you're like oh i ordered on amazon three days ago it's coming today or something yeah make sure all your parcels are delivered by dpd oh. and then you get the text yes! message saying yes. mohammed from dpd is coming between 9 43 and 10 47 yeah yeah they, they, okay solved it okay right, right let's move on okay. can we get any money off dpd for saying that. <laughs> this is from Zoe. Ten months ago, I was out with an old school friend. She mentioned a group of our school friends were meeting out that weekend and invited me. I had no intention of going, as most of the group are people I've not kept in contact with, although one or two are still good friends. I gave the obligatory, oh, I'll check my diary. Next thing I know, she added me to their WhatsApp group. In ten months, I've never commented on the group. If I leave, it will be the day, oh, Zoe has left the group. And they will either think, A, I don't like them, or B, it was creepy that for all this time I've seen their group chat. The thing is, I have been looking at their group chat and I found out all sorts about them, including that they bitch a lot about our old school and have said some rather mean stuff. What should I do? I mean, she wants to leave the group, but she doesn't want that message saying Zoe has left the group. Right, you can mute them. Yeah, this is what I do mm. with almost all. I mean, firstly, I feel that I miss out because everybody's talking about how many WhatsApp groups they're in, and I'm really not. I mean, hardly any, but which kind of suits me mm. because I, I, I think it's dumb. Do and, you think it's dumb? Yeah, like I don't, who would I be in a WhatsApp group with? Like, what do I want to hear on a regular basis? <laughs> no, but I think it's good for arranging meetups. Why don't I meet with anyone? <laughs> What I think about WhatsApp is that I think that it's saved friendships and destroyed relationships. Go on. Because Tom is on WhatsApp probably about, I don't know, 20 hours a day and it drives me insane. But as such, like he's, you know, really maintained contact with a lot of his friends that he might have done normally. But isn't the point of life just to slowly shed those people as you get older? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I just, I don't like, I don't want to meet up with groups of people ever. And you don't want to talk about like, so he's, for example, Tom's in a a, one that talks about sport. He's in one that talks about film. You're not interested in that. No, 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 fair enough. No, no. Now I'm thinking maybe I should make a WhatsApp group. Okay. People who don't like WhatsApp groups. (laughs) Or you can talk about about how dumb WhatsApp is. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I do keep getting added to ones occasionally. I'm just going to create loads of weird ones and add you to them. (laughs) But and and the first thing I think, oh, I wonder what that's going to be like. And then within a day, I've always muted them. Right. And then you can choose whether to mute it for seven days or a month or a year or forever yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And what I'll quite often do is do seven days, and then just straight away as soon as I get a message, think, why did I only mute that for seven days right. and mute it for another seven days? So you have like it's like a probationary period of like a short term yeah, 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 mute and yeah. then a long term mute. Okay. Yeah, a rolling mute contract. Well, I think that's exactly what Zoe should do. Oh, and she did a PS. Mm. If you did a live show up north in Hebden Bridge, I'll defo come along. I've never really explored the north of England. I'll drag along my boyfriend who has never even listened to the podcast or the old show, but that's two tickets sold.
is our podcast. Thank you for listening to it as ever. Thank you to you if you support us on Patreon. If you don't, give it a, give it a thought. Consider it. I mean, no pressure. Patreon.com stroke adrift. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have a story, I love, what was it you said before, Annabelle? Getting carried Getting away. Getting carried away. That was a good topic, as well as all the usual ones. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And so good on the incident this week to hear from our old friend, hairdresser Michael Douglas. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox made our eye dents and um, uh, the voices, they're our announcers. Uh, Patrick Gunning and Iwana Barbu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made the artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. And um, I think that's everything, isn't it, Annabelle? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, just, just one last thing. Mm. Today that we're recording, this is the 19th of November. Mm-hmm. If you had an eight-week-old baby, when oh, would it have been born? God, we've got 42 seconds. Yeah. Okay, 19th of November, let me go back. <laughs> I'm under pressure, 11. I say 21st and it would be 14, no, 15, 14 15, <laughs> and then it would be 7 and then it would be the 1st and then it would be so let's say not rain now September what's before September August so it would be no no you would be September be September the it would be set the <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track I'm going to have to start again it would be September it would be September oh no I'm, I'm always there I literally was there it would be September the 27th. I'll just show you to your table then, madam. <laughs> it would have been the 24th. <laughs>Dedication time. This comes from Lord Chamberlain John Corzelius, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, greetings once again from Middle America. In my last email, I told you the nearly unbelievable news that my 23-year-old daughter, Hannah, had become a fellow drifter. We were all so, so happy and amazed, weren't we? Mm. Well, I won't keep you in suspense. Mm. The inevitable has happened. Mm. Hannah has now officially... Oh. He then puts in inverted commas behind. Oh, beh- oh when they get behind, <laughs> yeah. it's the end. Yeah. Um, surely oh. this is the death knell. I was yeah. a fool to think I might have, uh, I might have someone to discuss the podcast with. A fool, I tell you. One bright spot, however, lies in the supposed reason for her listenership departure. It seems Hannah and her husband Austin have been busy administering the unpleasantness. Ooh. Ooh. Oh dear. Because in late March, I was handed a Ziploc chop chock full of positive pregnancy tests. I'm going to be a grandfather. Uh, As I'm only a few years older than you, Jeff, uh, it's taken some time for this to settle in, but I'm very excited. The baby is due in November, and by the time you read this, we will have been informed of the sex. As I write this, I will be a pop-pop to either a Mason, if a boy, or Ellery, if a girl. Lovely. Yeah, very, very good names. Mm. Um, I may have lost Hannah as a fellow drifter, but hope is still alive. Perhaps I can bridge the generational gap by introducing a drift to my grandchild <laughs> in a few years. I know, once a fool, always a fool. I mean, I do think sometimes it skips a generation. Yeah, true. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
On an unrelated topic, Jeff, you recently told a story about wanting to try Coca-Cola and milk. Um, I was shocked when you revealed the source of this idea, being the Indian cookbook Annabelle gave you. I really believed you were going to reference the American television sitcom Laverne and Shirley, on which the character of Laverne, Penny Marshall, famously drank milk and Pepsi. It was disgusting to watch. I wonder if you knew the show. It always preceded happy days here, and the characters from both shows even co-mingled now and again. Sorry to bring this up if you already knew it. So they did show Laverne and Shirley mm. here, but it wasn't a big one. But it wasn't yeah. a big one, was it? It's something that I've heard of, by I don't think I've ever seen. I think I've watched it on occasion, but um, I think they showed it like many years later. Right, yeah. I think. Um, but I, I know it mainly from um, Wayne's World when they go to Milwaukee and they sort of spoof the title sequence from Laverne and Shirley. Oh, right. But there were three spin offs from Happy Days. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley was one. Mm hmm. What were the others? Ch- Chacha and Chichi or something. Joni loves Chachi. Joni loves Chachi. And oh, then the, the last one's unexpected. Yeah. Um, is it? Oh, is it that Robin Williams one? Yeah, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Yeah, yeah. So Mork. I mean, it's it shows that they were kind of you know the the, the phrase, and it comes from Happy Days is jump the shark. Mm-mm. I think when you start introducing an alien character into life set around a diner yeah, in the nineteen yeah, fifties, yeah. yeah, yeah. but Mork was originally a, a character in Happy Days, mm. an episode, I think. Uh, last thing, after five and a half years, I have finally completed my degree in English. Congratulations. It's almost certainly a worthless piece of paper (laughs) by most measures and even laughable to some, but I worked really hard for it and enjoyed the journey immensely. I did it for myself and I feel proud having accomplished it. I know you two will be happy with me and happy for me. I am very much so. Me too. That's amazing. Well done. Uh, He finishes by saying, Annabelle, your book is delightful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I left that in. (laughs) 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 Sales. (laughs) Uh, Jeff, unlike James Ward, I would be... I would accept a hug from you happily and without awkwardness. Oh. I feel bad about James Ward. Oh, do you? Why? So we talked about, we did an episode of The Incident where yeah. we talked about the hug. Yeah. And then sort of when I'd finished recording, we had this chat and we said, we should really do something sociable. Mm. Like I feel like we could be late in life friends. Right. And then I think I've dropped the ball on that. Oh, yeah. You're one of those. I am one of those. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'll start a WhatsApp group for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. He finishes by saying, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to my embryonic future fellow drifter grandchild as soon as you see fit to include it. Well, today is when we saw fit. And he's going to update us because I think there's going to be some news quite soon. Oh, yeah, so that would be nice. Yeah. Many thanks. All the best wishes. Uh, and then there's this one, the other one. Ah, comes from the Keeper of the Archive, mm. Joseph Gorsi. Um, not Gouchy. Mm. Yeah. Who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Hope you both well. I hope this gets to you in time for this week's episode. This podication is for my son Gabriel, who is two on the 18th of November. Mm. Other parents would put a card into CBeebies, <laughs> um, but I'll write into a podcast he won't listen to. <laughs> Just much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever have CBeebies on? Mm, he's a bit young for CBeebies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He likes yeah. the night guard, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because I do like it when they read out the birthdays. I find it very emotional for some reason. Aww. Listeners will be surprised to hear that I find something very <laughs> emotional. <laughs> um, I should have put this in for the previous week in time for his birthday, but we're in the process of moving, and Gabriel recently had a bout of pneumonia, so we've had our minds on other things lately. I said he won't listen, but unfor- as unfortunately he's not really a drifter, being a fairly sociable boy. Also, for Father's Day this year, he bought me a pair of the Bose headphones you frequently talk about. <laughs> Those were the ones I was wearing on the train when I passed Flatus. Mm. Um, 
says, I don't want to think about where a one and a half year old got that kind of money from. Mm-hmm. Um, I strongly suspect this was so I could listen to my podcasts in peace. <laughs> And he doesn't have to listen to them also. Elizabeth hates us. She does. Remember that time she came and sat in the studio? Yeah, yeah. She, couldn't, like, she was like Elizabeth. looking at her watch like endlessly. <laughs> it was like, when will this be over? Um, we hope you enjoy all of your little presents and Colin the Caterpillar cake. And we promise you'll get a better party next year. Oh. All our love, Joseph and Elizabeth Gorsey. Two, can you believe that? Oh, happy birthday. It's yeah. amazing. Wonderful. Um, so there we go. Gabriel. From Joseph and to Elizabeth, and uh, to um, the unborn, yeah. as yet unsexed uh, fetus from John Cozelius, Lord Chamberlain. And uh, there we go. If you'd like a publication, by the way, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 